Some of you, by virtue of the title, might have your own thoughts as to what I'm going to be preaching about. I think in my mind as I was preparing for this sermon, I was trying to think what you would think. You think I mean, <laughs> that might get confusing for me to go down that road. But I was thinking, well, one of those thoughts would be, he's going to be preaching on modesty. How many of you thought that? Okay, one, two. Okay, well, see, I was thinking there's going to be, I thought there was going to be more, actually. And then I was thinking, well, maybe, just maybe, some might think, well, maybe he's actually going to be thinking about dress for success. I mean, I don't know what that has to do with Christianity, but maybe that. And if you did, I don't even want you to raise your hand. It's too embarrassing if you did. <laughs> what I'm talking about is something much greater. And I think it affects every aspect of our lives, including those things that we might think are shallow. I want us to think about these things because... When we think about dressing for success from a worldly standpoint, you know, the business world, we understand. At least up until the, the Internet age, I would say. We understand that when it comes to business, if you want to close the deal, if you want to present yourself as a quote-unquote professional, you dress like one. I mean, when you go to a job interview, you dress for success. That's just that's just the way of the business world. In the Internet age, things may have changed and so things are more relaxed and what have you. But the mantra is still very true, because when you dress professionally, how do you behave? Well, hopefully, stereotypically, you do behave in a more professional like manner. I mean, that's the stereotype. That's a generality, but it's true. And so there are people that when you, when you go to a job, you, you see them dressed well. That's because of that. The business world understands this point. That with this clothing comes a lifestyle. A way that you present yourself. And what happens when you dress down and get into real casual or recreational clothing? What? Do you present yourself in a professional sense, so to speak? No, more relaxed, right? That's... Because the clothing we're in. You wear your pajamas. You don't act but, but relaxed. Well, think about it spiritually. Because I believe that just as Jesus preached with various parables for us to get a life lesson, I believe this is true for us in the way we should behave in the Lord. If we're wanting to go out and evangelize the gospel, of which we've been speaking of the previous two weeks... And you present yourself in a quote-unquote spiritual manner. In other words, they look at you and they see someone who is, whose mind is set on the Lord Himself. Not on worldly things. Do you suppose that you would have more of an opportunity to speak to them about the very things you want them to listen about? Yeah. But I'm speaking spiritually, brethren. I want you to know that if our minds are set on the flesh, then the words that come out of our tongue aren't going to be as useful or effective or as efficient when talking about spiritual matters, spiritual things, to those who are in this world who need salvation. And so I'm trying to make this crossover for us that what is true of the world is eternally true when it comes to our clothing in Christ. The true clothing of what we have. So if, what, 
if I was an artist, if I, if I was David Barler or who, an artist of some, whatever y'all, those of you who have this ability to, to be designers or to draw or to do great uh, photo editing, I would have loved to have one of those where you actually get to see inside a person. What's really under the clothing. That would have been the best way for me to illustrate this point. When you get behind the, the superficial layers, if you will. Because you can have those who are professionally well-dressed in the business world, and they aren't very professional in their behavior. And you have those presenting the message of Jesus Christ, and there's nothing but rottenness under the clothing. Full of sin. A lifestyle of such. It's just a charade. And so we're talking about something genuine, and we're talking about something very valid, if you will, when it comes to this quote-unquote dress for success, when we live before those who are in this world and before each other in the Lord's kingdom. Those are the things that I'm wanting us to talk about. And the thing is that if we're going to have this dress code, if you will, one where we put on the clothing of Jesus Christ, and that what we look like is the image of our Savior, the image of our Lord, Brethren, it starts with the heart. We've got to want it. You see, when Michael read in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, we could have read all the way through um, verse 8 and, and read the text there with regard to this confidence that we have of that salvation, that resurrection, that we're going to have this new body. But we've got to long for it. It's one thing for us to talk about, well, I want to be with the Lord. How bad do you want to be with the Lord? Do you really long to be with Him? And do you long for that immortal body that is assured to everyone who believes in and follows after our Lord and our Savior? See, in rereading the text here, it says in verse 2 in, in 2 Corinthians 5, For in this we groan, we long earnestly desiring to be clothed with our habitation, which is from heaven. Notice this, our habitation. This is our citizenship. This is where we belong. And we're longing for that, that body that is going to be clothed with a habitation, which is from heaven, if indeed, having been clothed, we shall not be found naked. That's the point I want us to look at when we see this. For we who are in this tent, in this fleshly body that we live in, we groan, being burdened, not because we want to be unclothed, but further clothed, that mortality may be swallowed up by life. That's what gives us this, this take of looking at this dress for success. It is with a mindset that is set on the Lord. Not about a dress code. That dress code is but the parallel in this parable-like sermon. For us to understand spiritually the way we need to be quote-unquote dressed for the Lord. And so we need to long for this. And those who are willing to pay the price. And I'm telling you, when it comes to clothing, brethren, I, I'm not the one to speak to. I know nothing about clothing. I don't know a brand from an off-brand. What you see is because of brethren generous over the years. This is from my mother-in-law. <laughs> I wouldn't know to buy a coat unless someone said, Mitch, I think you should. 
you know, you, you, you're, in, you're up there on Sundays, you're preaching, you need to look nice and look well. I and mean, ever since I was in St. Louis, Missouri, I've had about ten suits given to me. Nine of them all used, most of them Ellie Stouffer's. And then I got a couple of these new ones. Well, this is about ten years old now. <laughs> you know, I don't know anything about clothing like that. If you were to, you say, Mitch, go to a store, and then you say, go buy you a couple of suits. If I saw the price tags, and I have seen them, you wouldn't want to go shopping with me, because I think, it's too expensive, it's more than $5. <laughs> and I know you all pay more than $5, right? <laughs> so, you know, when it comes to that, but when it comes to ultimate piece of clothing we could ever have, what are you willing to pay? What are you willing to pay when it comes to wearing Jesus Christ in your life? You see, some of us, Goodwillers, Rosses, I don't know what the names of the other stores are. <laughs> That's one I know. Those are the inexpensive ones. Would you be willing to go to whatever the expensive places are? When it comes to the spiritual clothing. You see, sometimes I think we shortchange ourselves when it matters what matters most. The kind of clothing that is eternal. You see, when you read Matthew 13, verses 44 through 46, the kingdom of heaven is like, like a man who finds treasure. Or a man who found this amazing pearl. It is so valuable, so precious to him, he goes and sells everything that he currently owns. For the purpose of buying something that means most to him. Now when it comes to this quote unquote spiritual clothing that we could have. This is the one that matters most. How many of us are willing to give up everything to wear Jesus Christ? I mean that's. You get, if you want brand name, there's no finer brand. <laughs> How many of us are willing to pay that price? You see, I think when it comes to things of this world, it's so easy for us to get distracted. So easy for us to, to think on material things. Those things don't count. They don't help us. Not generally speaking. If they're used to the glory of God, yes, they can be a help. But I'm talking about when we compare this kind of clothing with the ones that matter most. Because I could look at two lives... Brother in Christ here and a brother in Christ here. This one is all about the world and this one is all about the Lord. Who's dressed for success, brethren? Who's dressed for success? The one who's all about the Lord. That's the one who's able to go out and evangelize. That's the one who's able to go up and lift his brother or sister in Christ up from discouragement. That's the one who's able to go forward with sincerity and genuineness giving his life over to the kingdom. That's the one that counts. He's willing to pay the price. The price is, he gives his life over to the Lord as a servant, if you will. And so I'm asking you, what does your clothing look like? We could have someone here in rags and be the most finely clothed person as far as I'm concerned. Now, do I personally think you should wear your quote-unquote Sunday best? That's my personal view. I think you should wear very, very good clothing when you come to worship God. If it's good enough for you to dress up when you go to a wedding, 
as our brethren had just gone through on the island of Maui. To go to a funeral, to pay respect to, to someone you love so dearly. Why not? But that's my opinion. That's not a rule book. And I appreciate the amens, by the way. <laughs> but it's not a rule book, right? There's nothing that says that it's this or sin. What matters most, which is in the quote-unquote rule book, is in here. The way we're dressed up for the Lord. Spiritually. The way our walk represents the kind of clothing that is who we are. The habitation that says, here's Mitch Davis, or here's whoever you are. This is how I'm dressed. I'm dressed with this clothing, and I look the part. Here's the clothing that I wear. You see, this clothing is explicit in Scripture. It's in the quote-unquote, the book of life. It's a heart of compassion. Brethren, we need more clothing that brings this point out. A heart of compassion. That it's one of kindness. That we look to each other and, and help one another. It's one of humility. That we don't look down upon others, but we esteem one another. Philippians 2, verses 3 and 4 tells us. That it's gentle. That when we look at a brother or sister in Christ, you see gentleness in their life. Gentleness doesn't mean that you're a pushover. It's a spirit that you have. It's a spirit that is very welcoming. Very easy to get to know. It's a kind of clothing that says, I bear with you in patience. I have to work on this, by the way. My clothing is still stained. But this is the clothing that we're told to put on. Forgiving one another. Easy to talk about, easy to have Bible studies about, easy to listen to sermons about, but so hard to practice. Genuinely practice putting on the clothing of forgiveness. It's really hard. Brethren, I just quoted out of Colossians chapter 3. We were told to put off the old man and put on the new man that is found in Jesus Christ. And he says to put on compassion and kindness and humility and gentleness, bearing with one another, forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against one another, even as Christ has forgiven you, you forgive one another. That's what we're told in Colossians chapter 3. We're told to put on the armor of God. And when you look at what the armor of God is, the breastplate of righteousness, that helmet of salvation, girding ourselves with truth, those are the clothing, if you will, that is found in Jesus Christ. When you, when you read Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, and the, the fruit that we have, it's the same thing as the clothing of Jesus Christ. It's what we eat, and what we are, eat is who we are, right? That's what we're told. You eat what you are, or you are what you eat. That's it. <laughs> I, I've got to get that down. <laughs> you are what you eat? Well, same thing. Clothing make the man, is what we're told. Well, what kind of clothing is it? What's the one that counts eternally? 
It's the one that says that when you look at someone, they see Jesus Christ in your life, that you are putting him on, that you wear him, that you reflect him, your very image of him. These are the things, brethren, over the last four or five months I've been preaching on for this purpose. So that when we go out into our communities, to our neighbors, to our co-workers, they're not going to see someone who says, well, they go to this church. They're going to see a genuine Christian that if they open up their Bibles and they see what it's like in the life of Jesus Christ, they see it reflected in your life. That's what they see. And what they're going to see is so compelling an argument for them that when you open your mouth about who Jesus Christ is and their need for salvation, they'll take more stock in what you have to say. Because they're not just looking at someone who's all about this world. All about business success. All about recreation. All about the things that are earthly, that are temporary. They're going to see someone who genuinely cares for their soul. And that's what looking the part helps in. And if you're going to look the part, brethren, you're going to be the part. Those then who are clothed, as we're told in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, are the ones who long for that eternal habitation, that heavenly habitation. And you are already clothed because you look the part. You wear Christ in your life. It's seen in how you deal with one another in your relationships. That is why, brethren, I'm telling you right now, when you are the kind of person you emulate Christ in your life, look at what happens to brethren when you have these 10-minute breaks between services. You want to spend time encouraging each other, saying hi to one another, giving the opportunity to build one another up. That when we sing songs that praise God, you want to praise Him. You, it's not just an hour of, eh, song. Lord's Supper, got to get through this hour. There's a big difference. And it's seen in your demeanor. It's shown in your action. It's shown in every facet of your life. And this inward change then manifests itself outwardly. So I want to finish with 1 Timothy chapter 2 because this is a passage that deals with, you know, 1 Timothy 2 verse, was it verse 8, verse 9, verse 9 and 10? Verse 9 and 10. And I want the women... To be modest. To adorn themselves. How? How did Paul tell Timothy to tell the women to adorn themselves? Not with costly jewelry. Not with those earrings. He says this way. In like manner that the women adorn themselves in modest apparel. What does that look like? That modest apparel with propriety and moderation. Not with braided hair or gold or pearls or costly clothing. How? Not physically like this, but spiritually. And it's going to show forth. Here's how. That which is proper for women professing godliness with good works. That's how. What does it look like? Well, I believe what it looks like is going to be seen in your speech. I believe that that modesty... That modest apparel is going to be seen, not in just your speech, but in your demeanor. And guess what, brethren? It even affects the way you dress, your clothing. I can tell you, when I was a man of the flesh, I lived that way. And I wore clothes that showed it. 
Why? Because I wanted to appeal to the flesh. Brethren, when your heart is right with God, I believe even the outward clothing that you wear is affected. I believe it shows. I believe it shows literally modestly. You don't have to have a line that some brother or sister in Christ will tell you it is. You're going to do it automatically in service to the Lord, not to offend your brethren, not to not to bring fleshly desires upon you because the way you are and how you dress. Brethren, all that is taken care of when you start from within the heart. It shows itself in and the way you dress. It shows itself in and the way you speak. It shows your very demeanor that when they look at you, they see a reflection of our Savior. Brethren, when you have that, you are already successful. And you are dressed for success. Because you're well-pleasing to God. And it shows in every facet of your life. Christianity is not in some compartment that says, okay, a church, now I'm going to wear this nice clothing, but the rest of the week, I'm just going to wear whatever. It's your speech every day, whether you're in private or in public. Your demeanor every day, whether you're by yourself or you're with other people. Every facet of your life is changed because you're fully clothed. You're not found naked. You're not found ashamed or in sin. So I'm asking you this morning and encouraging you this morning to think about how you're dressed. And again, personally, well, I think it'd be nice to be dressed well here. And I would strongly urge you in that regard, if you have the means, if you don't, I'm not worried personally. Maybe others might be. But then the others are, they can take you to whatever those fine stores are. (laughs) I want your heart right with God. I want you to be dressed and fully clothed with righteousness, with faith, with hope. And it shows in the way you live. That's what I want. That's what I encourage you to wear. When you do that, everything else will fall into place. So think about that. If we desire this immortal body, we want heaven, then brethren, dress for success. Put on Christ in the way you live your life. And you'll have that. Those who do that, God's prepared a body for you, a habitation, a heavenly habitation. It's one that when we die, this mortal puts on immortality. The flesh puts on everlasting life.